Hello and welcome to the European Hoops Podcast. We are a Sports Eaters presentation. We bring you all the coverage you need of the EuroLeague. We recap and preview all the action and cover all the news surrounding the competition. Join us on this ride and learn more about some of the best basketball played in the world. Make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Eaters EuroLeague. A big welcome to all new listeners. My name is Andre and as always I'm here today with my great co-host, the EuroLeague expert Diogo Valent on this that ended up being a German week here in the, the podcast where after recapping Bayern uh, season we will delve into Alba's performance uh, during this season. Diogo, are you ready to, to look into how Alba performed during this early campaign? Yeah, absolutely, man. Let's get into it. From uh, Munich on the last episode, we got to Berlin to break down Alba. The German basketball powerhouse was the first German team to win a European trophy, trophy in 95, a uh, year when they won the Cora Cup. This season, Alba ended in 16th place in the EuroLeague standings. And uh, while they were able to provide some enticing games during the season, their lack of consistency to, didn't allow them to aim higher and to fight for more on this edition of the competition. With a minus 5.9 nate rating, Alba allowed the second most points per game for uh, from all the teams in the competition. But uh, their rebounding and assist rates during the season were positives and signs of a system and game plan in by coach Israel Gonzalez to try to maximize this roster. Alba was second in assists per game with an average of uh, 19.7, second in defensive rebounds per game and third in offensive rebounds. But uh, they struggled to take care of the ball, having the second most uh, turnovers uh, from all the teams in the competition. What were the strengths and the weaknesses of this Alba team and where they should uh, look to improve for the next edition of the EuroLeague, taking into account that we already know that uh, they are they are losing two of their best players if not their two best players in sick main low for the next season what were the positives and where can they improve or what they should try to do or in your opinion they should just scratch this last season and start from, from zero <laughs> well I think they are kind of starting from zero already because in my opinion The, their three best players are Maudolo, Sigma, and uh, Jalen Smith. And Lowe and Sigma already on, are already on new teams. And uh, Jalen Smith is a free agent, so I don't think he's going to continue with Alba. So I think this is like a, a rebuild for them because obviously last year they weren't uh, a great team. And it was a, a tough team for them. And similarly to Bayern, uh, other teams were just more talented and they were just better. Uh, they were still able to compete at times and, and even got some high-level wins like they beat Efes with a uh, Sigma's put back dunk but uh, they just didn't have enough talent and enough experience around the, those three guys uh, next year should be, should be a struggle again with them leaving like I said but um, we'll see man we'll see what they do hopefully they can build a team that can compete at least and uh, just try to do as best as possible but, but it's going to be tough for sure we will get to the coach individually and we will break him down in the end of the, the episode but still talking about the team performance I do think that the way they played was the way that gave them better chances to, to win and to, to fight for games. They had to play fast, they had to move the ball, they had to look for um, for easy baskets because they didn't have the talent to compete with other teams at the, the EuroLeague level. Uh, of Obviously, one of the reasons for them to have uh, so many rebounds is because their percentage and the efficiency wasn't the best one, but they were able to take care of their defensive boards, they were able to run after the defensive rebound, 
rebounds and they had players that were capable to do it. Losing Sigma and losing Low uh, does make them need to start from scratch. But at the same time, while they weren't one of the best teams of the EuroLeague, they were able to give us some uh, good games and mostly some good halves of basketball. So I think the way and the system that they implemented makes sense for them and they can de- try to build from there and uh, they don't need to, to start everything from scratch. But uh, like we spoke in the Bayern case, they are a team that is still, um, they have a long path to 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 walk until they, they are at the level of other teams at the EuroLeague and they can dream to bigger flies, but they are here to stay, at least for now. And we expect to see them better and more competitive because we know by now that uh, next year EuroLeague will be as tough, if not tougher, than the one that uh, just ended. And we want teams able to compete for victories and uh, to try to compete to be on the playoffs. We know by now that we will have a play-in, what will make the competition even more interesting and all the playoff battles that we had last year will be even more insane and uh, we will have teams having chances to fight for their position in the playoffs and we want to see Alba taking the right steps to, to be a member of the EuroLeague for longer because I personally believe that uh, having a city like Berlin as part of the EuroLeague, it's important. Uh, those things matter, but uh, I mostly care about basketball. That's why we are doing this podcast. So we want them to be able to step up and to perform inside of the basketball court. And let's see if they are able to, to find the pieces to do that. And mostly they are able to build into a fun brand of basketball that uh, just didn't have the firepower and the talent to, to be able to, to compete. Do, do you agree with my assessments here? Yeah, I do. Uh, obviously, in in Euroleague, it's never going to be like a, a full on rebuild because this is not the NBA. You you don't have a, a draft to, to get new players. But um, but I think they they got to have that goal of trying to grow year by year and always trying to be more competitive. Uh, hopefully, they get to a, a place uh, in the future where they are contenders or a playoff team. But uh, for now, they, they just got to be focused on being competitive and, and trying to grow year in and year out. The, the magic of the EuroLeague is exactly that. Uh, the 18 teams we have each year, they are all contenders. There are no participation trophies. There are no reward for not winning. Like every Everybody in the EuroLeague needs to be a contender. The goal is always to win it all. We know uh, it's not easy to, to compete. And for some teams taking the next step and being closer to the, the playoffs, it's already a win and it's an achievement and it's uh, and it's worth it to be celebrated. And for Alba, with, uh, the, the league haven't grown. It will be 80 teams and, as we just had. and But now we will have 10 teams five fighting for the playoffs. So I'm certain that a team like Alba will want to be on that mix. And uh, at the very least, they will want to to be fighting for the 10th place. They need to be able to to produce uh, good products of basketball inside the court for them to to be a part and to be consistent members of the EuroLeague that we want them to be. Like I I mentioned, the market is important, but uh, the on-court products is is the the strength of the EuroLeague and we want to be to to watch them stepping up. And on the next episode, we will be speaking about Paratinaikos. We are doing these episodes according to the standings and we will see the Paratinaikos after... uh, hitting a bottom for an historic club, the the comeback that they are having and how high the expectations are for them next season. And we want to see more from Alba. We haven't had many rumors, but uh, 
that's the another advantage of the EuroLeague. The the player pool is the the whole world, so they have uh, a lot, and they just need to to be able to find the right pieces to make them more competitive. But uh, our followers know what comes next on this uh, recap episodes, where we will be breaking down the key pi- players of this roster. We start with the MVP and end with the uh, two players that uh, for us are worth to keep an eye on for the future within this uh, Alba roster. The player we nominated as MVP, I don't think it will come as a surprise for anyone that uh, have been following the podcast. But if you are a new listener, the MVP of this roster for us is Luke Sigma, the 6'8", 33-years-old American power forward that is on his way to Olympiacos with a tall task to replace the EuroLeague MVP Sashev Zankov that uh, will be playing in the NBA this, this season. The ACB champion with Valencia in 2017, Luke, Luke Sigma, was nominated as the EuroCup MVP in the 2019 and uh, and w- he was this season on his fourth EuroLeague uh, campaign, all played for Alba. This season he was the clear leader of this team, having played 33 games and starting 30 of those. In 22.5 minutes per game, Sigma averaged 7.6 points, 5.3 rebounds, 1 steal and 4.8 assists. And I left uh, the assists for last on purpose because his high IQ court vision are some of the reasons that made us nominate him for as the album MVP and some of the reasons that make him such a special player, the ability to, to use him as a playmaker from the poor forward position is one of the reasons why he's such a, a special player. But Duke, let's uh, change things around a little bit on this episode and let me uh, start by asking you and feel free to then go ahead and give us your breakdown of Sigma as a player and the balance that you make of this season. What do you expect to see from him playing for a contender next season? Well, I, I think he, he fits with uh, what Olympiacos likes to do. Uh, obviously, they are a defensive team, but offensively, uh, they are they share the ball, they they cut, they move. Like it's all about ball movement, and I think he's a perfect power forward for that. Um, obviously, he's not the the player that Sasha Vezenkov is, but I don't think they expect that type of production from him. Uh, I think if he can come in, give them good fifteen to twenty minutes, uh, share the ball, use his IQ to to improve that offense, I think that's the the type of role they want him to have. Uh, I think he has one of the highest IQs in the game. He's a very good passer for the for the power forward position. He does a bit of everything, and I just don't see no flaws in his game. So I'm looking forward to see um, what type of role he, he's going to have in Olympiacos, but uh, I think he's going to be just fine. Uh, there were some rumors that uh, maybe he wasn't going to keep playing EuroLeague. He had an offer from Japan and from Hapoel, but uh, luckily for us, he, he stays in EuroLeague and goes to a contender, which is great for his career. So we'll see how he produces, but, uh, but I think he's going to be fine. Yeah, I think he will be just fine. and I don't think he will have the exact same role as Sasha Zankov, but I don't think also that Olympiacos could have done much better to replace the MVP with such a high-level player that probably won't be contending to be an MVP but will be a great complementary piece to the the players that uh, they can have around and will be able to to fit just uh, perfectly and seamlessly to Bartzok's uh, game style and system. I think that he will be doing just great next season and uh, before we look into the other four players we will be breaking down today, let's take a moment to shout out players like Yeman, uh, Komaje, Blatt, Zosman, Leimers, Wetzel, Schneider and uh, Delo, all the important pieces of this Alba roster. Next on the docket we have another player that is reportedly on the move and seems to be set to join Milano, Maudolo, the 6'3", 30 years old German guard that uh, was on his 7th league season. In 26 games played, low average 21.9 minutes, 11.6 points, 1.7 rebounds, 2.9 assists and 0.6 steals per game. Once again, and before you give us a recap of low season and uh, break 
him down as a player. How do you see Love fitting with Milano as a potential replacement for Chabas Napier that we also know that it's on the move and will be playing for Red Star next season? How do you see him fitting uh, with uh, this Milano team? Well, I, I think he fits great, actually. Uh, I think Napier is a better overall player, but uh, Love is a, is a very good shooter and a, a good scorer. He's a decent defender. I, I think he can improve as a playmaker. But uh, in Milano, he's going to have the right guys around him to, to facilitate his job in facilitating them, um, if you guys know what I mean. But uh, I, I think he's a very good player. And he fits that that Milano um, team because he's going to be able to provide some offense. And we saw last year that uh, they, they upgraded their level of production a lot when they added a point guard that can score, that can facilitate. And I think Lowe can be that guy for them. So I think Milano is going to do some big things next year. And Lowe is going to be a big part of that. Absolutely. Lowe is a high-level player in the EuroLeague and it's good to see him uh, now that um, he's on the later stage of his peak and still have many good years ahead, we are sure of that, uh, to be joining a team that is aiming to, to compete and he can be that piece that uh, allows them to replace uh, Napier, even uh, if they might be players of different talent levels. But they have a very good roster and he will fit right in and will be able to help them. But let's stick to Alba's backcourt and look into Jalen Smith, uh, another player that you have mentioned as being one of the top three players of this roster. The 6'4", 28-year-old American guard with a Croatian passport was on his second EuroLeague season, but played with Alba. For the season, he played in 31 games, starting 27 of those. And in uh, 24.6 minutes per game, Smith averaged 11.6 points, 2.7 rebounds, 2.6 assists and 0.8 steals. What balance do you make of Jalen Smith's uh, season? And uh, do you see him taking a leap as a player on the, the season that is about to to come. Well, I think his season he was decent. I think he could have been a bit more consistent, uh, especially because Alba obviously needed him. Uh, him, Low, and Sigma always had to produce. Uh, otherwise, they they couldn't be competitive. They they just needed those three guys to be at a high level. Um, I think he's a very good scorer and shooter. Um, he can. This could be a, a blessing and a curse because he can play the one or the two. But I don't really see him as a, a one or a two. Like I, I don't know what position he should be between those two because he can he can play make a little bit. But sometimes I see him more as a just a shooter and a scorer instead of a, a facilitator. But uh, he's a combo guard. He he can do both. Uh, I think he needs to be better at facilitating for others. Um, but uh, as far as what we expect from him next season, uh, I think it's going to depend a lot on uh, what team he's on to, to see what kind of role he's going to get. But I think he can help any EuroLeague team the, that needs a guard because he's a good scorer and he can provide instant offense for any team. Very well. So now that we uh, broke down the three top players of this team and the, the three players that uh, clearly were like the, the key pieces that made this Alba team work, let's now look into two players that, in our opinion, are players to keep an eye on for the future. And we start with Luis Olinde, the 25-year-old 6'9 German forward that was on his fifth EuroLeague season. He started playing for Alba. The German... He was a German national champion with uh, Bros Bamberg in the 2017 and with Alba in 2021 and 2022. He played 27 games during this campaign of the EuroLeague, starting 25 of those. In the 22.3 minutes per game, all in the register 8.1 points, 4.3 rebounds, 1.1 assists, 0.6 steals and 0.3 blocks. Why is Olinda a player that our listeners will want to keep an eye on? And uh, what do you see from him now that he's heading to his prime? 
Well, uh, obviously he's a, a long wing. Uh, he's a decent shooter. I, I remember a game. Uh, it was towards. It was in the second half of the season last year. Um, they went to to Serbia to to play against Red Star, and they were losing in the first quarter. And uh, Olinda came in, and uh, he just started taking over the game. And then uh, Maudolo came came along with him, and they won that game on the road. But it was Olinda who started the that run, and he's a, a good scorer for the wing position. Uh, he can play the three or the four. Uh, I just think he needs the opportunity. To to really be a uh, to have a bigger role to to be a consistent star starter and to to prove his game and, and show his performance, uh, I think he should improve his one on one game like off the dribble. But uh, I think he has a bright future ahead. He he's 25 years old, so he has a chance to to improve and to have a, a great career in Euroleague. He just has the length and the skill set, and uh, having this length, uh, the mobility for his size and the shooting that he has, gives him the tools to be able to be a high-level starter at Euroleague level, and that's what I expect to see from him moving forward. But last on our players' breakdown, one of our favorites, a player with star upside, in my opinion, the 21-year-old 6'7 Italian wing that was on his very first Euroleague season, playing 27 games, starting four of those, and averaging 5.7 points, 1.8 rebounds, 0.5 assists, and 0.5 steals per game in only 14 minutes. What steps do you want to see Procida, Gabriel Procida, take in order to, to become an Euroleague star? And do you think, do you agree with me that Gabriel Procida can be an Euroleague star? Yes, sir. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, as you guys already know, uh, Procida is uh, one of uh, one of our favorites here in the podcast. Uh, obviously, being so young, uh, he's very athletic, he's skilled, but he's still raw. Uh, I think he, he needs to, to perfect his abilities. Uh, I think he should develop his jumper to, to be a, a real threat from outside and his playmaking abilities uh, because I think he can play um, both the shooting guard position or small forward position. But uh, if, he, if he becomes a better playmaker, we might see him play some pick and roll and handle the ball a lot more. And I think he has the ability for that so hopefully he keeps developing developing his game and he can turn into a star in Europe because I think the potential is there I think he will be one of the players that uh, we hope to see in EuroLeague for many years and developing into becoming one of the stars of the competition. And I'm fairly confident that that will happen. He's only 21, so we probably have some more development years ahead. But uh, very, very soon he will be contributing at a very high level over here in the EuroLeague. But let's end this Alba recap episode by delving into their head coach, Israel Gonzalez, the Spanish coach that arrived to Alba in 2017 as an assistant coach. Uh, he was promoted in November of 2020 to associate head coach, being in 2021 when he became the head coach of the team. Israel Gonzalez led Alba to the German title in 2022. What uh, balance do you make of Coach Gonzalez's performance during this Euroleague season and his ability to navigate a, a hard season in terms of on-court performances? Well, uh, first of all, it's always hard to replace uh, such a legendary coach like uh, Aito Reneses uh, when he did in uh, 2021. But uh, he seems to be committed to to, to turning things around and, and to, to make things work in Alba. Um, they've had a, a good performance in the German uh, uh, league. Uh, not this season, though, where they, they got eliminated by Ohm. But uh, I think he, he seems committed to, to making this work. Uh, he's, he has acknowledged the... Um, 
the difficulties that they have and obviously they're going to lose more games than they're going to win in EuroLeague because other teams are just that much better but uh, he's not shying away from it like he he wants to get better he wants to to make this team competitive and he wants to help his guys grow and having young guys like Rosita and Olinde uh, that's a great thing to have on a coach so hopefully we all we see them all developing together and in a few years maybe we can have Alba as a, a contender in this league and a, a consistent playoff team and that's the right kind of mentality that a coach needs to have when they are ahead of a team like this this takes us to the end of the, this episode recapping, recapping Alba Euroleague season. Let us know what uh, you would like to hear from us debating when the, we preview the team upcoming season. We will be releasing our last two episodes of the team recaps next week, Monday and Wednesday. And uh, then we will start right after that, bringing you our previews of the World Cup and telling you what to expect. We can unveil that uh, we will be having previews of each group every Monday, Wednesday and Friday heading to the competition. Then we will be bringing you recaps of the, the action during the competition and in the end of the competition heading into the, our previews and predictions and preparing you guys for the upcoming EuroLeague season. Subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Itos EuroLeague where we bring you any news that break about the competition, must-watch games, injury reports and our daily trades in the end of each day of the competition, bringing you all the highlights of the action. My name is Andre and I'll be seeing you guys soon. Bye guys, see you on next episode. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.